0: bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting community here button on this page, and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome back. This is Jeanne-Marie Pannell your host for The Art of Parenting. And today I have not only an expert, but a dear friend, Jacqueline Kinzer. And Jacqueline and I met uh, online. We haven't met in person yet, but we've met online. We've been in uh, groups together and such. And she is a delightful human being, but that is really here to support our breastfeeding journey. And so I really wanted to invite her today to have the important conversation around uh, breastfeeding and how we can support you if that is what you are wanting to experience. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Jean-Marie. It's a true pleasure. And as you know, I've just Loved seeing what you do, and I'm excited to share some awesome tidbits with your audience today.
0: Perfect, perfect. So I always like to start with uh, my favorite question, which is, how do you, Jacqueline, define the art of parenting?
1: Oh, I love that. I think that I define the art of parenting the same way that I define art for my children, who are now three and seven, and that there's when i approach art i don't define it as this this finished piece that is going to be judged or graded or we're looking for perfection art can be messy you might you might spill the paint you might color outside the lines but at the end of the day it really is is this beautiful thing that you've created and art is a process of creation and i believe Parenting is messy. I believe that parenting is a process of creation. You're literally given this beautiful opportunity to shape a piece of the next generation and to me that's the ultimate art form.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful and and I love that analogy because if it, it's true it can get messy at times and and so beautiful at other times. So that's that's great. Um and and I would love now if you could give yourself an introduction kind of where you know why you started the work that you're doing and, and kind of your journey to to get there
1: yeah absolutely so this was not my dream job to be a lactation consultant and to be someone who supported families in breastfeeding I didn't know it existed until I became a mom and I was a I had worked in real estate and then I was a stockbroker for a while so I totally switched gears. Once my son was born, and he just turned seven, uh, not even a week ago. So that's that's been an interesting um, moment for me to just revisit that moment of becoming a mom. Wow, it's been seven years already. Uh, but I struggled with breastfeeding in the beginning, and I did not have a group of mom friends around me. I was the first of my friends to give birth, and a lot of my coworkers hadn't. So I just didn't really have a tribe of support. And so through that process, I did a lot of just self-education and building up my own support group and making new friends. And I found this passion of mine to support other moms in their breastfeeding journeys. It was kind of like I researched so much that I needed to, to make sure my journey continued and went well, that I never really stopped. And I just took it all the way to getting board certified. So I I opened up my practice right after my daughter was born. So that's about four years ago now. And I've been serving families in Phoenix, Arizona, and then all over the world. I do video appointments with them and I have online classes. And I've been really, really lucky um, to be able to lecture at conferences for other lactation consultants or physicians to share what I've seen in my clinical practice and how we can really all work together to support these families.
0: That's beautiful. That that from that personal struggle, you've really created something of great support for parents all over the world. Beautiful. Thank you for that. <laughs> and when you uh, when you're working with uh, families who are wanting to breastfeed, and and I guess you know, for me, I'm always um, I always want to be mindful of families who choose not to breastfeed for whatever reason uh that for me you know it's about feeding our children and yes breastfeeding is a natural process and such but i just want to take any guilt off of any listener that might be saying like you know i wasn't able to or i did not want to so that's just my my little intro and if you want to add anything to that please do
1: I absolutely agree. Okay, you know, okay. it, it is a personal choice yeah. and it's not a decision to be made lightly. And there are so many barriers to starting it to it going well and there's just really no place for judgment when it comes to infant feeding and even if you're not breastfeeding, you know, bottle feeding or another method of feeding if if needed, uh, that can be done in a very loving connected way and I think it's almost a an unfortunate coincidence that I'm called a lactation consultant because it puts the focus on the lactating part, whereas I really consider myself more of an infant feeding and lactation specialist because, of course, I teach things like bottle feeding or safe formula preparation and all these things because just because you're breastfeeding doesn't mean you're doing that 100% of the time. So I love that you just took the time to say that because really, uh, I think a lot of people might automatically see me as someone who might think, oh, well, that's not for me, because, you know, she's going to think less of me. And that's really not true at all.
0: Yes, yes, perfect. Um, Yeah, because I always I always feel, you know, for those who for some reason are not able to or just choose not to like, it's just not for them. And that's, that's okay. Like, I, I actually, you know, have a sister who just chose not to for her second. And that's, that's what it is. So I just wanted to, to put that out there. So perfect. Um, So with your work, like for, you know, the fact that you went back to school to be board certified and everything, what are kind of the, uh, I guess the, the, the main uh, approaches that we have to support mothers, uh, parents who do want to breastfeed? Like, how do we really help them get their head and heart around this idea of this is what I'm choosing. It might be difficult. It might be easy, but how do you help them make that decision?
1: That's a really good question. And, and it depends on the person. So some, some people are just motivated in different ways and it might have to do with their learning styles or their own background. For some people, the incentive to breastfeed is is the health benefits. So they know they've they've heard or they've done research about how human milk, you know, does X, Y, and Z, and all of that. And and I say this without um, any sort of shame or judgment of any kind. But I actually kind of take a different stance when people say, "Well, what are the benefits of breastfeeding?" and and I just try to reframe that conversation a little bit because. Breastfeeding is the biological norm. That's what our physiology is designed to do. Yes, some of us have obstacles or choose not to. But that is that is the norm. That is the baseline like what our species is made to do just like any other mammal on earth. And there's no real benefits to breastfeeding, but there's there's some things that can happen if you don't breastfeed. And I think that's an important way to frame the conversation because it's not like I'm pushing breastfeeding on people, but I do think culturally uh, across many countries all over the world, that breastfeeding is seen as this sort of optional thing that parents sort of have to be convinced of in, in some ways. And, you know, on the other hand, we've got, you know, alternative milk options and, and those manufacturers are trying to convince parents of of their benefits and things. And I'm so glad we have those options when they're wanted or needed. Um, but. A lot of people seem to think like the baseline standard would be giving your baby formula and then anything beyond that is extra. So for the parents who are really motivated on the health benefits of breastfeeding, I go into that conversation with them and and help guide them in some research Uh, when I teach classes or maybe I work with them one-on-one, whatever it might be. For some of the other parents, they feel like they're just not supported and that could be supported by their spouse. By the, some other extended family, it could be in the workplace that they have to go back to work really early and they worry about, you know, breastfeeding or even pumping and things like that and, and handling that kind of a situation. Also, most of the time what I find, uh, especially reaching out into this, you know, vast world that we have online is that people just really aren't aware that there are people like me out there to support them. So I got a call this morning, actually, from a mom with a three-month-old baby, and she went into her whole story, how she's been struggling for the last three months. And, you know, I I sat there and responded calmly and, and listened to her story. But in my head, my jaw was dropping because all these things she described to me were such massive red flags that she required intervention, you know, three months ago. And she's been trying to navigate and troubleshoot breastfeeding on her own since then. And, you know, it's not like there's that she's not smart or that she's not capable, but she just doesn't have the tools in her toolbox. She needs to make things go well. And now she's calling me basically on the eve of deciding whether or not to continue breastfeeding and it's just a, a real, it's, it makes me sad because I wish that she had known about me or someone like me before that so that she wouldn't be in this state of great emotional pain. So whenever I get to work with families while they're still expecting their child, that's always the greatest gift because they're very aware of all the resources free and paid that are available to them. They're set up with expectations of what to you know, what's going to happen? You know, yeah, breastfeeding is usually hard in the beginning, but that doesn't mean it's not worth trying. And it means that we can work through it and fix things. And I do feel like there's a little narrative out there for families where they hear things like, you know, oh, I just, you know, and, and, and it's a true story for someone. I'm not negating their story, but there'll be this story kind of passed along. Well, you know, breastfeeding just didn't work out for me. And that may be the case, but when I dig deeper into that story, I usually find somewhere along the line, they just didn't have the support they needed, even though they wanted to. And the last thing I want is for parents to experience guilt, right? So we don't want them to walk away going, I tried and I couldn't do it. And so I've somehow failed as a parent. That is not true at all. So the back to your question just kind of to summarize that point is that there's a lot of different perspectives that people have when it comes to deciding whether or not to breastfeed. But studies show, interestingly enough, that commitment is actually the number one factor in breastfeeding success. Now, breastfeeding success doesn't mean perfect textbook style breastfeeding. It's however you end up defining it, but not not ending up with a journey cut short that results in a lot of guilt and emotional pain, right? And that commitment level, you know, can be, it's kind of like, if you don't nurture that commitment, it tends to fade. So I love to teach parents, there are ways to nurture that commitment by getting your spouse on board, by getting your in-laws, your your siblings, you know, whoever's around you, your friends, your employer to support you. So that makes it so much easier for you to keep your commitment as you go forward.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. And it, it's so true about the just the commitment in, in knowing in your core that that's what you want to do. And and I love what you said about the, the guilt too, because it reminds me also of just um, our births too, our birth stories. You know, we, a lot of us go in with this idea that we're, you know, going to have this unmedicated, uh, beautiful birth, and then something happens and, you know, we get medicated, we, we you know, whatever, and we can feel again, guilty because it didn't go the way and it's just you know accepting that it is what it is and that we we always try our best um and and the thing that you say about the support to me is so so important i know for the work that i do when i work with expecting parents you know i always talk about creating that very supportive village around you and one of those person needs to be a lactation consultant like before you give birth so that you know what to expect. You know what you're getting yourself into, and you can be um, successful. So beautiful, beautiful. And it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting because, for you know, as as you're talking, I'm remembering my experience, and this you know dates back to twenty three years ago, where. Um, I had very little support, but all I knew is I had seen my mother, I have a brother who's 12 years younger than I am. I had seen my mother breast, um, you know, feed my, my brother and she was just it was just so natural and so normal. And she was just so happy that for me, that was just part of, you know, becoming a a, a mother. And yet my in-laws, um, my mother-in-law had never breastfed her two children. So she was in complete like awe. And I remember like she, you know, literally have her face on my boob. Like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure it's working? <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was like I had to convince her that, all things, everything was fine. My child was healthy. I was, you know, it was, it was all good. So it's interesting how you know we also need to get those around us, closest to us, on board. Um, yeah, funny. Yes. And one thing, yeah, and one thing that that you know, when you talk about this whole commitment and and all of that, what comes up for me though is really also this mindset, like a real mindset around. For me, parenting in general, and I, I know we've had this kind of this conversation offline about, you know, the 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 idea that we need to have around parenting in general that that positive outlook that it doesn't have to be hard. Do you see that also in breastfeeding and in that relationship that the mother is creating with her infant?
1: I do. You know, I really do. And unfortunately, I feel like almost every single mom that I work with has one of those apps that tracks all the feedings and the diapers. And they're so, it's like a tally or it's like they're grading themselves. You know, these might be the type A moms who are like straight A students and they're like, Gotta log the feeding. Okay, great. It was at least 15 minutes. I'm doing it. And they're just very, kind of attached to the numbers and the the milestones of breastfeeding in a lot of ways and i just see that really not um it's almost like gamifying breastfeeding which which can be maybe helpful and effective but there's this sort of disconnection that i see a lot of the time between the mom and the baby herself where there's just not enough education. And this goes back to support, but not enough education on really how to know what your baby's telling you. It's, you know, they're, they're not going to talk till a lot later in babyhood, but they are communicating with you right now. And it's not just feeding cues. I feel like that's always taught, you know, Oh, when they, when they, you know, open and close their mouths, you know, stuff like that. But there's, there's a little more intuition and you know, you're not supposed to know how to breastfeed your baby if you've never had a baby and never tried to breastfeed before. And I think that we have this high expectation set up for moms where we're like, well, breastfeeding is natural, so it should just work. And then it doesn't. And they don't, they feel like they've already failed before they've even started but it's supposed to be a learning process for you and your baby. You're both learning how to do this. You've both never done this before. And even if you have breastfed another baby, this other next baby that you're having is a totally different human. And so we, I I don't think that that's, that message is out there enough. And so now we're getting it out there on this episode, but it's a learning process. You're not supposed to be a master when you started this. And I think that's what gets so many people to quit early on is they're going, well, it hurts or I can't get the baby to latch, or they're not getting enough. So I just can't do this. And that's, and, and it's just, you know, reinforced by lack of support and all those things out there. But if we let moms know like, yeah, Hey, you're not supposed to be an expert. Like you're going to have this experience, you, you do it once and you do it again. And, and every time you go forward, it should be getting better and better. And if it isn't, there's people that can help you. And if we just work from that place, again, it goes back to mindset, like you were saying, where we, we can't set ourselves up for failure from the very beginning. We have to come into this with an open mind, release some of our expectations, just so you know, I'm going give to it, give it my best. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to figure it out. And when you approach it that way, now it's not so closed off where you're trying to check a box on something, you can maybe start to ask more questions like, huh, well, you know, I, I still am having trouble with getting my baby to stay latched on. What might I do about that instead of feeling like my baby won't stay latched on, this is a disaster. And it really is mindset when you come down to it.
0: Right. And and for me, I mean, you touched on a beautiful point, which is really about a learning experience and getting to know your child like it's it's about establishing a very you know long-lasting deep relationship with this uh, new human being that you have in your arms uh, and such beautiful and I know for me you know when I when I do kind of the home setup and everything I do really prioritize that feeding area that I want it to be very nurturing for the mother as well, so that it is a place that they can really connect the two of them, that this is really a time to just be, you know, again together. And and I forget where it was, but I remember reading about how, you know, we carry the child for nine months. So we're, we're, we're at one with the child. And they're, they're connected to us uh, with the umbilical cord. And when we feed them, well, they're connected to us again uh, by the breast, which I, I just find that deep relationship so important.
1: That is so true. and And it's really great that you brought that up because it is a continuum of really pregnancy. You know, it's the placenta when that's born, your progesterone levels drop, which allows your prolactin levels to rise. And that allows you to make lots of milk for your baby. And it's just the next progression. It's that fourth trimester and it's a continuum. And I, I always look at, I I can look at the mom or the mother and the baby separately, but I really look at them as one, just like they were in the womb. It's, it's the mother baby. It's not either one because without, you know, we, we can't do this without both of them and too often, like I said, kind of in the beginning, I feel like it's more about you know the breast milk and that becomes very commodified, or it's about the baby and the baby's weight gain and you know their health and how they're doing and so then it's it's like, well, the breast milk doesn't even really take into account the mom. It's usually just this this sort of separate thing from her, and we're missing this whole big piece of the conversation about the mother and so yes. where did do, where does she come in because? she's the one who's got to take care of this child and she can't do that unless she takes care of herself. And so this, I find it's neglect, right? There's no app out there that's tracking. Well, there probably is these days, right? But it's like every mom's got the baby tracking app and the baby monitor. We don't have a mom monitor. We don't have a mom self-care tracking app that every mom is downloading. And so I just think there's a lot missing that we could be offering to parents in general
0: throughout their journey. Beautiful. And, and, you know, I would be, I would be of the mindset to let go of all these tracking apps and to just be oh, in connection, you know, <laughs> in connection with your heart and your well and, and just, you know, observing your child and getting to know this human being. So yes. Yeah. Beautiful. What, uh what, when you, when you talked about, you know, some of the challenges that, um, parents might have in, in breastfeeding, what are maybe two or three or of the most common ones that you see? And how would you maybe help a, a parent who might be listening, who, who might be having those?
1: That's a really great question. Um, probably the most common challenges I see are moms who are struggling to make enough milk for their babies or they're unsure if they're making enough. Uh and the other is is really just they know it's kind of a nebulous. I can't say that there's one thing. It might be breastfeeding pain. It might be mastitis. It might be any number of symptoms, but they're just feeling like at their wit's end. They just can't take this anymore a baby who's colicky or spitting up all the time or whatever it might be. And one of the things that I've really gotten to know over my years of practicing is that the medical community, you know, the baby is taken to the pediatrician, which, you know, looks at weight gain and infectious disease and, and growth and things like that. And so that becomes the benchmark for everything. And it's not, they have no way of really assessing how breastfeeding is going because they're just not trained to do that. They're, that's not part of their clinical training. They have no, you know, uh, education on, on helping mothers breastfeed. They get one hour in medical school, which basically tells them the the benefits of human milk and then they're on their way. So a lot of the times it's just, you know, looking at the baby for things. Um, and so moms always know, is is what I've found out is moms, and I knew this as a mom too, but you always know when something's going on with your child, when something isn't quite right. And moms are not heard enough and dads too, but the mom who's carried the baby in her womb and is now nursing the baby at her breast and all of this, they know that something is wrong and they're often denied. So moms are told, oh, it's normal for breastfeeding to hurt in the beginning. Well, is it? because if it's normal for breastfeeding to hurt then all those weirdos out there that never had painful breastfeeding what's wrong with them and it just doesn't right. make sense yeah. right so these things where it's just dysfunction is normalized and and often just you know things are very very medicalized but problems are ignored and so that initial problem of pain in the first 2 weeks it went away but now at 3 months her milk supply is crashing And the underlying cause that I see most often, and I don't want anyone listening to this podcast saying, oh, well, that must be my issue. But most of the time, what I find in my practice is that there's a missed tongue tie or lip tie. And the medical Mm. community is very divided on this for some odd reason. It's, you know, it's just anatomy and physiology, folks. But for some reason, there's some sort of debate about it. Um, And I, I will never really understand that. But um, there either is, or there isn't, and we can tell by examination. Um, but you know, these, these mothers are sort of denied, oh, well, it's just a, it's just a minor tongue tie. I wouldn't recommend treating it is what they hear a lot of the time. Or, you know, well, the baby's gaining weight just fine. So we don't need to do anything about it. But they're being told that by someone who just doesn't have the level of education needed to really provide informed consent. Right. And and that's going down the medical path a little bit there. But whenever I get these moms, it's like it's like they've they've wanted to call me and then they hesitate and then they wanted to call me and they hesitate and then they might send me an email and then you know, finally, finally they'll book an appointment. Cause they're they're trying to check in, like, well, do I listen to my intuition? You know, maybe there is something that I need to see this, you know, Jacqueline to help me with. But then they're like, Well, everybody's saying everything's fine. And the biggest thing that I want to just to teach parents is, you know, your baby best. You're with your baby way more than someone who is with them for 15 minutes, once a month, or, you know, the in-law that has an opinion, or, you know, this, this is even later on in breastfeeding, the baby's got teeth. And so, you know, your grandma's over and she's like, Oh, the baby's got teeth. You better stop breastfeeding. Well, how about it's between you and your baby. Right. And so I think if there is maybe some value in getting external opinions and other people involved, but really learning to trust yourself, to trust your intuition, to listen to your baby, to listen to your own body and just follow that. If we could get more parents on board with that, which I know is a big part of your message, um, then I think that we would just be thriving health.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you say, you know, intuition to me, that is just so, so important because like you say, we know we, we, you know, if we take the time to just quiet and and ask i like, we we know and and we 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 know our child better than anybody else and it's about you know really tuning into that and tuning into that that relationship that you you know we were talking about earlier yeah that's um and and it's you know it makes me kind of sad in the sense that this whole idea of intuition is you know it's it's been with us from the beginning of time and yet more and more, I feel we're getting away from it with, you know, like you say, these tracking apps and, and, and having this exterior need to, to, you know, justify the work that we're doing and such, as opposed to just tuning into what does, what does my baby need for me? What do I need for myself? You know, I need to reach out and get support and just really trusting that your voice should be heard Loud and clear.
1: Yes, yes. And I ran a mom's group for years with thousands of members. And ultimately, what I really saw though is that, you know, the other moms in there, they, they all go there, they come for support. And what other well meaning moms are, you know, you post about, hey, you know, my, my baby's got this baby acne. Um, but instead of someone just asking that mom a question like, well, do you think that's an issue? maybe just starting there. I mean, she probably does cause she's posting about it, but let's like dive deeper. Like what are your concerns about the baby acne? Right. But instead of that, we've got moms commenting, Oh, I tried this ointment and I tried this, or this is the dermatologist you want to see or da da, da da And it's like, all of a sudden this, what we thought that's what we're thinking support is, is support is someone else giving us the answer. Mm-hmm. And I really like to steer moms away from that. And I even tell them like, Hey, if you don't think that something I've told you today sounds right to you, then by all means toss it out. Take what works for you and leave the rest. Because I'm not here to be an authority figure to tell you what's going on. Yes, I'm a clinician. Yes, I have the skill set. But again, what what resonates with you? What do you know is right in your heart? And moms always know. They really do.
0: They do. Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, as, as, as we wrap up, I, I, I always like to ask kind of a personal question and you, you mentioned earlier that your eldest just turned seven. Yes. So if you were, yeah. So if you were to go back to eight years ago when you were expecting him, um, uh, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? Oh,
1: that is such a good question. Um, one would be calm down because I researched like it was my full-time job. And I mean, I probably really did spend at least 40 hours a week researching things. Uh, and maybe that's why I'm such an informed, you know, provider today, but, um, just to calm down really. And, and just, and I did enjoy him, you know, I really did. But, there, there was a time in the very beginning where I did not And also, uh, you had mentioned something really about the birth experience. So I had yes. planned home birth with him. Mm-hmm. And that was a decision that I was kind of my my own self was leading me to, but I had put off because, oh, that just sounds kind of out there. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I had never done this before. So was there was a bit of fear, but I ultimately did make that decision. But I did not end up getting a home birth. Uh, I ended up having to go to the hospital and and everything was fine, but I put so much guilt on myself and so much shame because again, I was the researcher. And so I really felt traumatized by that experience. And I kept searching for answers and thinking something was wrong with me. And so Mm. The message I would go back and tell myself is, you're not broken. Calm down. Everything is totally fine. And there are lessons that you're learning from this that are going to allow you to be an amazing mom and help other moms. And that would be the message that I would really want to go back and tell myself. And that probably a lot of moms need to hear as well.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. Thank you for that. And it's, you know, and it's once again, just trusting the process like just being you know okay with with what happens and and i know it's easier said than done you know same same with me my births were you know wonderful but not at all how i had imagined and and you know i sometimes say my births were hijacked but that is what happens, and I think that's empowered me to make sure that women know they have choices. For example, you know, it it all comes together for a reason. So, thank you yes. for sharing that. Beautiful. And uh, in in our closing, is there anything that you want to kind of end with to make sure that our listeners remember today?
1: Yes, I will. I will. And it it was actually just something you just said that really kind of tied it all in was about choice and you know you and I have definitely talked about this uh, offline as well but really every single moment in your life as a parent is a moment of choice and you can choose how you feel about that situation you can choose your next, next action you can choose not to take action it's all just choice and if we can take a moment to just step back and ask ourselves this question of well what choices am i making and when it comes to breastfeeding, I see a lot of women set these really lofty goals, which is great and amazing. I love that you want to breastfeed for a year or two years. That's great. But to be attached to that and not to just go back to what choices am I making in the moment? They they tend to get stuck in the, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'll ever make it to six months, let alone a year. But let's just look at, well, what what choices can you make right now to keep moving forward towards your goal? And it's just literally one little step at a time. You don't walk, you know, 10 miles by looking at the 10 mile goal and going, oh, that is just so far. You know, <laughs> you've got to just take that step and the next one and the next one. And that's really all that life is, but especially parenting and especially breastfeeding. So just take it one feeding at a time, one moment at a time, one day at a time. And I think that'll take this big burden that. We sort of cast on ourselves off and just to really be present in the moment instead of so focused on some sort of future outcome.
0: Beautiful. Well, I I really appreciate that because it it's true. It's about being in the moment present as our children are. They are a great teacher to us for that.
1: They truly, yes. truly
0: are. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline, for making the time today to share your wisdom around breastfeeding and just about parenting in general. It's been it's been a pleasure having you on.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.